Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It is 21 past three. How are you doing? Welcome into Wednesday afternoon. I'm with you until five. And uh, at the moment, uh, we're talking about dog behaviour. In some cases, the lack of it. If you're not training at a dog school, but um, even if you're not, perhaps you did it yourself and you've got enough skills. You might have looked online. YouTube, there are things you can do with dogs there too, which is fantastic. Um, that, that can be a good way to go. You've got to be disciplined with dogs. Uh whether small or large, but what's your experience? And I'd be keen. I don't want to solely put it down to dogs. You can't really... Can you train cats? I don't know if you can to a degree, but um, you might be more of a cat lover than a dog and that um, their company. Only thing with cats, I've got a couple of Burmese at home. And look, they're great, really good brother and sister. They um, they do not look alike. They do not even look Burmese. Um the male's really affectionate, but the female hardly at all. But apparently that's part of the Burmese breeze, breed. Excuse me, I don't know if that's the case, but our next guest on the show should know uh, a little bit more a little later on. But uh, Darren is joining us now. In fact, here he is right now, Darren Rowe, joining us. Lovely to catch up with you, Darren, our dog behaviourist. Good afternoon. Sorry, what happened? Oh, oh, there we go. Yep, just hearing you. A bit of a tricky connection. Oh, yep. In fact, we'll come back to you, Darren. We are having some issues there. Uh, we will come back to you, though. Uh, hey, Richard, consistency is the key with training. With barking, we just use a small spray bottle with water. Every time my pup barked, a quick, stealthy squirt stopped it quickly. Scotty, ah, okay. But see, that's a better way of me than, you know, pebbles or stones in a plastic bottle. Yeah, that really did give a fright. Darren, I think we've got you back this time. Might be a better line. Yeah, there we go. There we Sorry go. Sorry about that. I was on the, the car phone kicked in. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all good. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Appreciate hey, you coming to the phone. Hey, it's short notice. No worries, Richard. It. Richard, can I just jump in on that last caller? Sure. Um, the spray bottle is no different to the concrete. Um, uh, the stones on the concrete. Ah, so it affects that fear-based reaction. Yeah, so it's not not so, a great way to train a dog to stop barking. It does work. No arguments about positive punishment not working, but it's not the best way. Definitely. That's, yeah, okay. So can you help there? So that's Scotty, and also me. I did that years ago with my Border Collie. Yeah. What's, what to do when they're barking out of control? So first of all, you've got to be thinking about, well, why are they barking? We, we're always addressing the problem, but not addressing the reason. And it's really important that we've got to look at, well, why are they barking? What, what are we giving the dog access to that's going to allow them to, to get into that routine? So normally it's defensive or it's protective, so we take that away from them, and therefore they don't protect them. Um, it might be protecting us. It might just be an alert barking. If we leave a dog outside, and we're, we're notoriously bad at leaving dogs outside in New Zealand, don't we just let them run around the garden and then complain about them barking when a bird goes past? Take that away from them or teach them to be relaxed in that environment. But don't just keep telling them off and punishing them when they're barking because they're just doing a natural thing. It's a natural yeah. thing for dogs to bark, isn't it? Yeah, well, so, yeah and that's, that's it. Yeah, okay, thank you for that. That's that's really, really good. So what would you say with a dog? I mean, I suppose it depends on the size, but I wonder how many Kiwis keep them inside. I suppose I'm talking larger dogs here um, compared to outside in a kennel. Oh, um, I was amazed. That obviously, I'm from the UK. I've been here about 12 years now, but um, yep. the, the concept of an outdoor dog, I hadn't even heard of until I came to New Zealand because um, dogs were just family pets and they would be in the house and outside. 
as and when they required, really. But for, mm. for to come to New Zealand and have a dog that's only allowed outside, and I have a theory on this one, right? All dogs start off as being indoor dogs. And then through whatever reason, not training or bad training, um, they don't behave very well inside, so they get kicked outside, and then they become outdoor dogs. <laughs> that's my theory. Yeah. <laughs> but right. a lot of dogs are outdoor yeah. dogs, not including farm dogs, obviously, different kettle of fish um, on that score. Yes, of course. Darren Rowe is with us, our dog behaviourist. If you've got any questions at all, what we've been discussing, or anything that's been on your mind, you might have received a puppy at Christmas time and need a bit of a helping hand, 0800 or that text number 3920. Darren's with us for a little while this afternoon. Now, Darren, speaking of that, I'm just touching there on puppies at Christmas. For some, it works well, and for some, it was unexpected, and it's not great for the new pup. Now, we've, we've had a few clients um, since Christmas that didn't expect to get the puppy and have they've not done any of that research. They're, they're not ready for it, really, I guess. Um, so they don't really understand what to do. And, and, you know, I think one of the callers said they go online and look for an online course. By the way, guys, we've got an online course if you want to find it for puppies. Oh, good. Really good one. Yeah. Um, so you can jump on the website and find that one. It's a, the How to Be a Mindful Puppy Owner. <laughs> it's really quite, quite cool. So, um, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Do, do your research, go on to something like that. But what I would recommend is engage a trainer really early and get it straight from the horse's mouth, right? Um, if you go online, quite often a lot of the courses are about the dog that they're training and not your dog. And every dog is different, you know, and, and every breed, dogs within the breed. I mean, you're a Border Collie person, we've got five of them, and every Border Collie is different. It's almost like a different breed in its own right. So, so you know, things don't just work. If you see something on the internet, it's not necessarily going to work for your dog. And if you don't have those other techniques then you might default back to that positive punishment which isn't really a very good way no, I, and all that kind of stuff yeah that's that. right <clears throat> yeah, great advice i've got the first text uh, this afternoon you can text 3920 any questions for darren uh this one here says how do i stop my older dog from chasing sheep chasing sheep Mm. Okay, well, first of all, you've got to be very careful on that one because obviously in New Zealand the law is that if you are chasing someone's sheep, the farmer has a right to shoot your dog. So we're always thinking about safety of the dog um, and the sheep, obviously. Sure. Um, if it's not a herding, if it's not a working dog, which doesn't sound like it is, um, management, physical management is always better than training in the, in the short term. So get some fences up there, not electric fences, but get some fences that they're not going to get through. That's the first thing. Or kennel your dog when you're not around. Yeah, that's the right. first thing to do. Yep. So then you want to start looking at, well, why are they chasing? They're chasing because they've got um, a predator-prey drive. And that predator-prey drive is probably a herding dog, one of these guys, or it's going to be a bully dog. And, and it wants to chase to grab, right? So you need to exercise that in, in, a, in a way that works for the dog and, and in a controlled way. So have you ever seen, you said you had cats. Have you got those little flirt poles that you have a pole with a feather yes. on it? Yes. And you move it around. You can get the same kind of thing for a dog, a bit bigger, obviously, oh, okay. and a bit stronger. But yeah. they have like a tuggy toy on the end, and you can sort of use that to go around the circle and exercise your dog's chase um, drive. And you can train them to wait. A bit of you know, probably need a bit of help with it, um, but you can train them to, to stop and, and when when they're about to run off and teach that control around that impulse control around the um, the chase thing. But it is a bit of work because remember that's a natural instinct for a dog to chase. Yeah, of course. So remove it and then train it. But if you just let it do it, if the, if the dog's allowed to practice behaviours, it's just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Right, and, okay. And that's never going to end very well for the dog, is it? So, yeah, no, no. Not at, okay, thank you. 3920 is our text number. Darren Rowe is our dog enthusiast, enthusiast behaviourist. You're probably an enthusiast as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yes. I'm addicted, actually. I think I'm addicted to dogs. <laughs> you should have been in our top ten addictions, which we were talking about yeah, earlier this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, wait, 
<laughs> That's true. 0800 What about country dogs coming into town? Does it depend on the breed, Darren? Um, I'm thinking, again, myself, but a border collie. We were moving into town. Yeah. It's like it's quite an adjustment from the country. If a dog needs space and exercise, of course, is, is it quite a culture shock for the dog? All of a sudden, there are people, buildings, etc. around. Is yeah. it a distraction? Again, it, it depends on what you do. Going back to that puppy thing, um, people need to really understand what that first eight to, uh, eight to 16 or 8 to 18 weeks is really all about. It's all about that socialization of other dogs, but also there's a word called habituation, where it's about getting used to new things. And if you think a dog in a country, it's likely to see grass, trees, maybe sheep, um, all those kind of things associated with the country. So it's it's kind of foundation learning will be all of those things that it sees naturally. Well, when it gets older, it's never seen, um, I don't know, a, a certain type of house, where it's never seen a truck or something like that. So it's all new and it's quite scary. So, yeah, you've you really got to habituate your dog to all of these environments. So even if you live in the country, get your dog into the town, walk around, get them used to it. Because you never know when you get older, you might want to move. And then your dog suddenly come into this environment that it can't cope with. Then it barks, then it gets aggressive, and then you've got a problem. So, yeah, train it when they're puppies. Definitely. That, that's, that's so that, important. That's really good. Okay, well, we're standing by for the latest in news headlines. If you've got anything for Darren at all, feel free um, to join us. 3920-0800-844-747. Hopefully you're okay there to hang on there, Darren. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm making it up as I go along here, but if you could hold just for a moment, um, we're paying you per second, so I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> yeah, right. More in a moment, though. Feel free to join us. Dog behaviourist Darren Rowe with us this afternoon. He's the expert. Anything to do with dogs? Any questions, comments? If you want to call, call now. You're straight through here on Magic Talk. Magic Talk News Headlines. The driver in a fiery high-speed crash that killed two teen sisters in the Port Hills late 2019 has been jailed for two years and four months. The father of 15-year-old Sinmara and 17-year-old Taylor was in court and revealed he later tried to take his own life. 21-year-old Levi Fidimont's sentence is for two counts of dangerous driving causing death and one causing the lifelong injuries of a third passenger. And if you need to talk, please call or text 1737. 65 cases of COVID-19 have been recorded at the border today, which the Ministry of Health says reflects the growing number of Omicron infections overseas. There have been 196 cases of the variant caught in MIQ since December 1st. And there are 28 COVID-19 cases in the community today, and people with the virus have died. In sport, retired Black Caps test batsman Ross Taylor has explained he wasn't sure if he was meant to bowl despite taking the final wicket to win the second test against Bangladesh. And the WTA Women's Tennis Tour has called the deportation of Czech player Renata Vorakova from Australia as unfortunate as she followed the rules and procedures required, competed in an event and suddenly had her visa cancelled. That's the latest headlines. I'll have more news at four. Magic Talk. Anywhere, anytime. Crystal clear on Rover. Download the app now. For more information on the Magic Music and Talk Radio Network, check out magic.co.nz. Richard Green. 0800 844 747. On Magic Talk.
Well, if you'd like to join our dog behaviourist this afternoon, Darren Rowe, uh, happy to give his time up to answer your questions or any comments that you've got. Anything to do with dogs, doesn't matter what the breed, and you may have received a puppy over Christmas or a family friend. Yep, he can take it from there and help you out as well. Uh, we'll go to the phones now. Darren, standing by is Amelia. Amelia, good afternoon. Hi, Richard. I've got a question for Darren, please. Go for your life. Hi, Amelia. Hi there. Hey, I've got a seven-month-old half-red lab and half-golden retriever. He's been with right. us since he was eight weeks old. And um, yeah. he's, he's lovely. He's great. Um, the thing is, I think we've inadvertently, um, just listening to you talking about outside dogs, I think we've inadvertently made him more of an outside dog because he, you know, would wee all through the house when he was um, little. And we've got that all sorted. Yeah. But we've made our dining room into... A, a room for him, and it's got right. gates that get into the rest of the house, but he can get outside and, and everything. But I kind of want my dining room back, and um, we want him <laughs> to be able to. We want him to be able to go through the house without going nuts. You know, like he just jumps on yeah. the couch and he just, You know, if we kind of let him through, and we're thinking, oh no, we haven't oh, managed this very well. <laughs> so, so, so basically, we've we've got a dog that's quite high energy, and those both those breeds are really quite high energy dogs. Um, the lab particularly, yeah. And, and the red lab or chocolate lab, they call it, is definitely quite high energy breed. Um, what you've got to be doing is, is he thinks those behaviours are appropriate, okay? So every time he jumps on the couch, you take him off, probably say, off you get, and we're almost reinforcing yep. those behaviours by giving it attention, a bit like a young child, yeah? yeah. So what we need yep. to be doing is really teaching him what do you actually want him to do, rather than sort of telling him off for doing things that he's not doing or shouldn't be doing. Right. What you want. So bring him in on a lead all the time. Um, to get him used to it, and teach him to sit. I mean, I think one of the farmer guy was saying about teaching your dog to sit, definitely, or a down, mm -hmm. yeah? So teach him to come in, you sit on the sofa, oh. he's in the down next to you, and promote those kind of really calm behaviours within the front room. What you could also do okay. is, rather than yeah. having your bedroom, having your dining room totally, buy a pen and a crate, and then have yeah. that set up in your front room for a little bit, and just bring him in there for maybe 10, 15 minutes to get used to just being chilled out within that room, watching everybody out, seeing how it works. Then bring him out in the lead, nice and relaxed, put him back in there, and really teach him, this is how I want you to behave in the front room, yeah, as opposed to this is how right. I don't want you to behave. Oh, that's yep. perfect, because yeah. that's what I would won't have take, done. won't take very long. Yeah, it won't take very long, because oh, we've got really clever wonderful. dogs. Yeah. Excellent. But remember, Thank if the dog's... So Remember, Amelia, if your dog's doing something naughty and you, you say yep. anything to him, you praise or you reinforce that behaviour. Right? So ignore oh, the bad. And, and, and that's exactly ignore what I would have done. Yeah, and punish, and, and, sorry, punish and praise the good. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, it makes so much sense. makes so much sense. Thanks awesome. so much for that, Darren. Okay. Good, good luck. Good luck, Amelia. Cheers, good to hear from you. All the Thanks. best. It is Bye. 25 away from four. We've got uh, some line three. 0800 844 Getting some on the text as well. 3920. Dog behaviourist Darren Rowe with us this afternoon with his expertise. Darren, I'll introduce you to Bill now who joins us. Bill, okay. g'day there. Go ahead. G'day, Darren. Hey, uh, I've got a, a German Shepherd. Um, he he fetches the ball quite good, but on about the second throw or the third throw, he starts to ignore me and won't drop the ball. Like I usually would say, give, and he will drop it. But then, like I say, the yep. third time, he will just hold on to it, and I have to uh, right. do a growly voice for him to let it go. Oh, okay. So I don't. Okay, how old, how old is he? I just growl. How old are you, Bill? About six, six years now, seven years almost. Oh, okay. So, so what I would probably do with him then, um, it's about making that ball quite motivational. So, so um, dogs love to chase. So he's a shepherd. He wants to chase, yep. but he also wants to keep hold of things as well. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Okay. So what I would do is I'd have two balls. 
definitely. And I and when he comes back with the one ball, I would be making, I would be playing with that other ball, like pretending I've got another dog. He'll get so excited with you that he'll let go of that one, and then you throw that one, and then you pick up the other one. The other toy you can use is a toy called a puller. Um, um, P-U-L-L-E-R it's a big purple ring and you can get two of those um, but yeah. it's about what energy you put in what I wouldn't do is try and take it out of his mouth because um, if you try and take something out of a dog's mouth they want to hold on to it even more yeah. and then, then it's even harder for them to let go so have another one and kind of trick him say oh is it a better ball than that one yeah. and then he'll go oh I want to play with that one I don't want to play with this one you take what, uh, transfer what, the value of the ball in his mouth yep what, do you, what he'll do sometimes is he'll, when he'll run up to me he'll just divert at the last second and uh, I'll ignore him on the first time when he does it and then he'll stop and do it again. So I, I just try yeah. not to react to stop him from doing it. But I want to play so it. So when he's recalling he to you? Tries to, tries to fake me out a little bit there. Yeah, are you standing up when he's coming in? Are you standing up yeah, when he's coming in? Yeah, I am in, standing up, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so next time he's doing that and he's coming in, just before he's at that part where he's about to sort of divert, uh, divert just just drop down. And, and put your hands out, you know, like you're going, oh, singing. Yep, just drop down, and he'll come in, I guarantee. It's just that little bit of intimidation, because by the sounds of it, you're probably quite tall. And, yeah, and it's that yeah, like, um, little bit of intimidation looking down on the dog. Yeah, just, just no, yeah, drop yeah, down, yeah, and then that'll make it. Yeah, it'll make it less okay, intimidating. Yeah, and the more yeah. you do that, then he won't, he'll get used to it. Cool. Good luck. Okay, Hopefully yeah. I'll be perfect, and you'll have great recalls. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, interesting, isn't it, about being the master, being in control with what you're saying. Darren, I'm going to continue on here. Darren Rowe is with us this afternoon. If you call now, you're in pretty smartly, actually, 0800 844 747. Going to Quentin. Quentin, good afternoon. You've got a question there for Darren. Yes, Hi, Quentin. Yes. Uh, hello, Darren. Uh, we've got a, a border collie. We've had her for two and a half years. Uh, yep. She's now five, and okay. we travel quite extensively in a motorhome. And you said about getting a dog used to its environment. If yeah, it's quite hard, isn't it? Out, <laughs> we're shifting house quite a bit in the motorhome, and I yeah. just it sparked an interest in me. Will that affect our dog because she's in a new environment? You know, on a weekly basis, uh, we always have our home as base, yeah. but we, tra yeah. we travel. Certainly border collies don't do change very well, I will say. Um, but what I would do is I would try and have one thing that's always the same so she's got something to latch onto. And, and what I would probably recommend is a crate training. And we, we talked about crates earlier, but uh, teach her that a crate is a really good place and a calm place to be, and then that's always going to be there no matter where you are. So she's got something yeah. to kind of get her hooks into, and then that will normalise everything else. Um, but it sounds like over two years she's probably quite got used to changes anyway. But definitely put well, that I crate in there and have some toys and things that she likes. Yeah, well, she does have her toys, and she also has a blanket that she sort of uh, requests at, not at bedtime, if you know what yeah. I mean. Um, yeah, and the crate, the crate's just, quite a good idea because you can always close it if you need her to be somewhere safe. That's right, yes, we have we have crates at home, actually. Good. Yeah, so, so if you've already added value to the crate at home, then take it with you because that is the one thing that she'll then relate to home, which will then chill her out, and she won't be stressed yeah, out about well, it. Yeah. You don't yeah, know what hard work anyway. <laughs> Yes. Well, she hasn't been crated, and, and at the moment I'm sitting outside. She's off the lead, and she, she actually doesn't go past the awning poles uh -huh. and the, the mat. That's basically her territory. Yeah. yeah so it sounds like you've done a really good. Sounds like you've done a really good job there, actually. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. No, she, um, yeah. Okay. So I was not doing her any harm mentally. <laughs> 
No, I mean, by the sounds of it, if she's not wandering around, then no. Um, you can always spot um, stress signs in the dog if their ears are pinned back, if they're panting lots, if they're kind of um, tails right under. But, you know, I probably found you would have picked that up already. So I just keep doing yeah. what you're doing. But maybe think about that crate as having that safe place, calm place for it to be. Yeah. Might be an addition yeah. that you could use. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good on you, Quentin. Sounds sounds great. It is nineteen to four and hopefully Darren you're okay. I know you're a busy man and you've got things on the go this afternoon. We do have a, a few callers here. Um yeah, no, I'm, a, we'll get, I'm okay you're a bit longer. <laughs> you're right? Good, good. Okay. Yeah, We're no, still I'm good, paying yeah. you Bang, paying by the second, so look out now. <laughs> Let's get, continue then. No, exactly. Yeah, I do it voluntary as well. Mike is with us. Mike, good afternoon. What's your question, please, for Darren? Hi, Mike. Well, it's hardly a question. It's just some comments. Um, okay. I, um, I go running quite a lot and in a local park alongside a road. And um, for many years, 10 years or more, I carry what I call my dog bar, which is a bar of it over half a metre long. And it gives me confidence to run around these tracks because you come around the track, there's a dog in front, it crouches, runs towards you a bit. And um, when we had our last shutdown, they, they finally let us get back about two months ago. So I was running around the local park on the grass, not on the concrete paths. And this old lady was coming towards me with two Jack Russells in nice embroidered little coats. And the, the ground was so boggy, I, I had to go onto the concrete path. And I said, sorry, I'm not wearing a mask because it fogs my glasses up. Anyway, just got past her and she was commenting on a few things. So I stopped. We said a few words and um, her dog leapt forward and grabbed my left hand. You know, wow. and she said, oh, I'm sorry about that. And then she bent down to the dog. She said, you are a naughty girl. Now, if I had had my dog bar with me, I would have given it a good whack. And um, um, this happens the problem is when you're, um, I mean, first of all, that's protected behaviour and, and the dog was scared of you. Um, not that that uh, justifies the bite, but the dog was scared of you. So if you if you hit the dog with a bar, then what you're doing is you're adding pain to already a fearful situation. So the dog's actually going to want to bite you even more. And then it's likely then to bite somebody else. So, so punishment never actually works. It will stop you from getting bitten. I totally understand that. Um, but... It's not going to change the dog's behaviour. But what what the woman really should have done, we should have had control of the dog, and there's no excuse for not yeah. having control of your dog. Um, so unfortunate, really, that, that you were there and you got the, the, the worst end of that one, but the woman should have had control of the dog when she saw you. And that's Definitely. what it comes down to. going back to that responsibility, isn't it, of having a dog. Yep, that's um, so, so, so true. Yeah. Uh, Darren, are you OK if I take a quick break and come back? We've got some more calls, but let me know if that doesn't suit you. And... No, um, and oh, you're a star. Uh, back with more in just a moment. But if you do want to call, uh, three, uh, better get that right 0800 844 or you can text 3920. But if you call now, you're almost straight through. More shortly, Darren Rowe, our dog behaviorist, very lucky to have him this afternoon here on Magic Talk. Magic Talk, anywhere, anytime. Crystal clear on Rover. Download the app now. Magic Talk, accurate traffic. Download the free Rover app. Uh, fine afternoon, head around Auckland, our low tonight 17. And getting out of the city, it's also fine on the motorway network for now. Drive time's looking really good in all directions out there, including if you're heading to the airport on the southwestern to catch a flight. If you are catching other public transport, buses are still replacing trains through until Sunday night. And if you come across any issues and can update us, give us a call on Star 2000. Take your favourite radio station everywhere with Rover. Download the free app now. 
celebrate the summer with these fresh deals. Get beef rump steak just $16.99 a kilo. And honey nectarines or peaches only $6.49 a kg. New World, there's always something cooking. Sizes, limits, exclusions apply. Motorcyclists can be hard to see. When you indicate at intersections, look again, look again, look again, look again. Be sure. A message from ACC and the Motorcycle Safety Levy. If it's four months since your second shot, it's time for your free booster. Getting a booster is the best way to protect you and your whanau from COVID-19 variants like Omicron. Find your nearest vaccination centre today at covid19.govt.nz. While you're getting a well-deserved break this summer, put your money to work with a squirrel term investment. Our flexible secondary market helps you sell your investment and withdraw your money early, as long as another investor is ready to go. Visit squirrel.co.nz slash invest. T's and C's apply. Looking for a better return on your funds? Senior Trust is a specialist lender to the booming retirement village sector. That's great news for investors, with Senior Trust offering a 6% targeted pre-tax distribution rate. We deliver a consistent, attractive return backed by solid retirement village assets. The Senior Trust team has a strong track record too. Find out more at seniortrust.co.nz. Senior Trust Retirement Village Income Generator Limited is the issuer of the products. The product disclosure statement for the offer is available and can be obtained at seniortrust.co.nz. The Country Club Huapai, luxury retirement living in style. Sign up for a new apartment or villa before January 31st and you'll receive a $10,000 Country Club credit to spend in your first year. Maybe a year's free fees while you enjoy the resort-like facilities or perhaps drapes or a new fridge for your spacious apartment. Visit the Country Club Huapai and celebrate your new lifestyle with a $10,000 gift. T's and C's apply. Countryclubhuapai.co.nz Today is one of the lazy, hazy days of the Kiwi summer. That decompression chamber between holiday life and work life when we're all dribbling out of campsites and into office spaces. A time of skeleton staff, out-of-office message dings, and carefree commuting during not such a rush hour. We can't help you remember your work passwords or where you stored the lunchboxes, but we can help you ease back into the swing of things. Slowly, here's to January dandles and February flip-flops with Foursquare. What will it be today? Get more magic music with free Rover Music Plus stations. Richard Green, 0800 844 747 on Magic Talk. Hello, hello, it's 13 away from 4. Hope you're doing well this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we're talking dogs with our dog behaviourist, and that's Darren Rowe. We go back to the phones now, and on the other end of the phone, I believe we've got Gary standing by. If you'd like to join us, 0800 747. Gary, thanks for holding, and thanks also to Darren too. Go ahead, please. <laughs> hey, Darren. Um, we just um, rehomed a dog. Um, she's about two years old, um, whippet apparently bull mastiff um yep. when we have people come over at home or we're out walking um she's very like um her heckles go up she's very like she goes up to the people she barks at them like quite aggressively um yep. and we've tried like separating her and then if so say if someone comes over to the house and i like take her into a different room it's more like excitement but as soon as she gets out there she goes straight to them barks or growls at them yeah um we were just so, wondering so this, yeah what yeah 
when you when you get a rescue dog, you, you don't really know what's happened to them. So that whole socialisation yeah. we talked about, that probably you've got to assume it hasn't happened. If it has, you've got to assume it didn't happen very well. Um, if it had happened, she wouldn't be a dog that's been rehomed, I guarantee. Right? So first of all, you've yeah. taken on an issue, so you know that. And as long as you accept that, then you, you kind of want to work through it. So, yeah. so it's all normally fear-based, especially if she's um, sort okay. of running up and barking. So, so it's all about teaching her what you want. Don't let it just happen by chance. Actually sculpt and, and shape exactly the right behavior. So if you think about what you want a dog to do when someone comes in, you want them to sit there and be quiet. You want them maybe to say hello calmly and then go and sit down in their bed. So practice all of those behaviors first without the person. So she's got a reference point to fall on or to, or to use and then bring somebody in that you know is going to just stand dead still and not say anything to the dog, not look at them. So you can go through those actions, yeah? And then she'll start to get a yeah, pattern. And, and the more you do that, the more, the more you repeat that, that, that pattern in the brain will, become, will have stronger connections than the one that she has before. And then if she's not allowed to practice the old behaviours, then the brain, when she goes to sleep, will start to prune those kind of brain cells and the old behaviour will start to fall away and the new one then will become the, the behaviour of choice. But it's just repetition, repetition. Okay. Break it down to thinking, well, what do I actually want her to do? Outside, a little bit different. That's probably a bit more frustration. She probably, most, most rescue dogs are quite sociable dogs. Um, they've just been allowed to roam, especially the ball type thing. So her natural instinct will be, well, I'm meant to go and see every dog. And of course, on the lead, you're stopping her. So there'll be a bit of frustration. What I would recommend if she's growling and stuff, I would get yourself a trainer in to help you with that one because that can escalate into something that you don't want it to quite quickly. Um, so definitely get yourself a trainer to help you on that one. I don't know where you are, but if, you, if you're struggling to find one, just drop me a, an email. And um, it's just mindfulnessfordogs.com and um, I can probably direct you into a decent trainer around that area. Yes, and you're the man. You're the man who knows. Good on you, Gary. Hope that's useful. Make the most of that info as well. Just before I come to you, Chris and Georgie, just uh, hi there, says this texter. I think it's Lisa. A friend has a eight-month-old rescue pup who's constantly chewing things. Um, also, uh, like couches, hoses, that sort of thing. Also, he doesn't sit still. Please, I'm looking for any advice. Ask Lisa. So, so when, it, when a dog's chewing, um, especially around that age, um, if it was earlier, then it might be teething, and then obviously you've, you've got the problem of teeth coming through, so you're getting toys. But chewing, excessive chewing and stuff like that is probably a sign of stress. It's normally one of the stress uh, signs. It's probably digging outside as well a lot. So, and, yeah. and this constant moving, that's going to be, I can't sit still, I'm really stressed, I'm looking around. It's probably going to be a working dog breed, um, I'm guessing, maybe not. But um, So it's about calming the dog down, focusing the dog. So doing lots of um, lots of little exercises with the dog, so teaching them the basics, the sits, the downs, um, yes. to, to go find a treat, to go find a toy, and just just basically doing some training, working with dog, getting that dog to like you and get focused and giving it a mission in life as opposed to everything. Um, you can also do a lot of massage. We do a lot of canine massage oh, with our dogs and that really calms them down. Just, and again, just teaches them to be chilled out in the place where we want them to be. Now, we just assume that dogs get it, but they don't. They're living in a very oh, different world fun. to us. Yeah, that's so, a very and, good and the, point. Mm. Also, we, we don't um, think about our dog's noses and, our, and their ears. They, they smell way more than we do, and they, they hear way more. So they can be super stimulated in an environment that we think there's nothing going on. And that can yeah. just uh, really send them crazy. You're a fountain of knowledge. Anything to do with dogs, you're the man. We'll go to Chris now. Uh, Chris, <laughs> thanks for holding on there. Darren's with you. Go ahead, please. Thanks for your call. Hi, Hi Chris. Uh, thanks very much. No problem. Um, I've got two dogs. Uh, the sisters, uh, West Highland Terrier Cross with a Bichon, and they're about oh, yeah. six years old now. Um, one of them's very dominating, especially when we go for a walk. She's always pulling the whole time, whereas the other one does listen a little bit better, but the, she's slightly smaller, and she 
really pulls going for a walk, especially when they're excited about going for a walk early on. So, yeah, yeah I really seem to struggle how to stop and I don't like really to keep just pulling on her all the time. Yeah, when you pull on a dog when they're walking and pulling, if you pull back, the automatic response is to pull against you. So when when you've got a dog and you yank the lead, you end up making it worse because they pull against you and they pull it even more. Um, so so you want to take it right back. The other thing you've got here now is because you've got the two dogs there, you really need to lead train them separately. Um, you'll never be able to train a dog with a sister, especially a sister, because you get that sibling rivalry even at six. So always train them separately, first of all. But there's, there's three things. I call it the three P's of lead walking, okay? Um, probably not name, actually. But you've got um, position. So where does your dog want to be? So you've got to build value for the position by your side, and that's just treating them around that side, yeah? Then you've got pace. Mm-hmm. Can they learn to pace you? And then you've got um, a partnership. Are they actually walking with you or are they walking by themselves? So you've got to build those sort of things. And the partnership's an easy one because that's just play with them and, and get them into you completely but do it separately and then you've got dogs who just want to walk with you all the time um yep three p's position place pace and, and uh, partnership okay so how you, how you do those it's a bit a bit involved about i probably can't I'd probably talk for hours about how you do that but it's just really getting that dog focused on you and, and learning to follow you and pace you and then be in that right position and just just build value for all those places all those different things but do it separately okay thank you separately. thank you very much yeah. all the best chris appreciate the call uh we'll go to That's a really hard one it's his how i was going to say there's there's lots more there yeah a lot more going um, on there. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, and I get that. And if we had more time, we could have delved further into that. But I've got Georgie standing by. Hello. Georgie, how are you? Hi, George. Thanks. Georgie, sorry. Hello. Um, Hi, Georgie. I'm, this is historic, but um, um, is it common for dogs not want to go to the toilet when they go somewhere they're not familiar with? This um, is yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. before. Um, some some dogs are quite um, habitual. Just wait. Um, pretty much, yeah. Some dogs are quite habitual, and 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 if it doesn't smell right, then they won't go there. Yeah. Um, it's a hard yeah. one, actually, isn't it? What you, I mean, I guess you want to try and make the place as much as the as much as the place where they go. If that makes sense. But it's a really difficult one. I'm not quite sure how I'd answer that one. Um, yeah. What I would be looking though, if it if it if it did continue lots, then I would be thinking maybe there's a, a medical issue that you might want to just check out to make sure there's none there's no medical issues there first of all. Um, but yeah. sometimes also, if dogs are left in the house all day, um, they don't go during the day because they're not allowed to, so they don't go, so they hold it on until people come home. So sometimes that can be um, that can add to it as well. There's a whole load of different things there um, that yes. could potentially do that. But yeah, but if you find you've got a dog and they're not going to the toilet during the day, then check the medicals out first because you don't want a dog with a, a bladder infection because that can be incredibly painful for them. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, interesting Georgie. one, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could do a, a research paper on that one alone, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Georgie. And thanks for bringing that up. It is five away from four. I'm not surprised there, Darren. I've got uh, more texts coming through. And uh, Darren Rowe is with us just for the next five minutes, squeezing out of his, you know, work time this afternoon. Uh, I really do appreciate <laughs> it, Darren. I love your advice, says this texter. We adopted a five-year-old Maltese, excuse my pronunciation here, a Hassa Apso Bichon. Um, wow. he, he, by the time I've said it, it's almost Christmas, but wow. Yeah. He is great and very calm out and about, but barks when he is in the yard uh, in the evening. He barks at passing dogs and people. He, uh, he is also very sensitive to outside noise at night. We bring him in and put him in his bed. But do you have any advice on how to change this night barking habit? Well, 
Yeah, so again, that's a fear-based um, thing. Noise, noise phobia is one of the biggest problems for dogs, and, and we really need to get on top of that. Um, in our puppy preschools, we do a lot on noise phobias and teaching the dogs to be good with dog, uh, dog barking and noises. So basically, when they're barking, they're alert barking. There's a, there's the atalapsa there is an alert barker, so that's probably what's coming through there. And, um, and they'll be just telling you there's something wrong. Um, so that's their role, that's their job, that's what they do. So if that's a problem, you probably don't want them outside because um, it's not okay. going to go away because you can't be out there to, to change that behaviour and the dog's clearly not making the right choices. Mm. Um, the other thing is when you've got a dog in, outside, remember the whole world has to be controlled, especially if it's a border collie. You know, you're screwed yeah. when it comes to that. They have to control yeah. the world. So if you don't want them to control the world, don't give them that choice and that chance to control it. Great, great advice. Indoor dog rather than outdoor dog. (laughs) Okay, thank you. That's good. Well, to finish off this afternoon, this text coming in, my sister used a toddler gate to stop wandering through the whole house, brought him a dog bed with a soft polar fleece, blankets and toys, put it in a corner so he knew it was in his area he watched everyone from. He felt safe and included. A kennel is a must. Gradually introduce them to it and extend the length of time and at each time in praise reward them. Um, And don't put the kennel, for goodness sake, where intense heat is in regards to the that's sun. Not, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, it always makes for a shame. That sounds like a comment from a dog trainer. Um, time, take your time over things. Baby gates are my, we have baby gates everywhere and, and little crates and little pens because they have all various ages. But yeah, you limit your dog, limit the exposure to your dog to the house and then they learn yes. how to behave in the areas they're allowed in. But if you just let them roam free, especially puppies, get yourself a pen on a crate. If you let the puppy just run around and chew everything and pee everywhere, that's the behaviour that's going to do for the rest of its life. So that's, make yeah, sure you only give it a small area. You really are the dog whisperer. So, so useful. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, Darren, just want for those listening this afternoon and they want, you know, your expertise, if more so if you're in and around to Waikato and Cambridge, Hamilton area, but um, can they check you out online, your website? What's the best approach for you? Yeah, you can do. So, so it's just mindfulnessfordogs.com, um, and that's the number four. Um, and uh, But you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Darren Rowe or Mindfulness for Dogs, you'll find me. Um, but I'm happy to um, – we do Skype videos and, and Zoom videos around the country as well. And as, as oh, great. Before, so it doesn't right? matter where you are. Any opportunities. Nah, yes, okay. Yep, that's oh, that's really, really good. And also, I just want to make mention. Let's. We got, in fact, we've got another call just coming through. We'll squeeze in before four o'clock. Rob, good timing. <laughs> How are you, Rob? Go ahead. Oh, hi, Rob. Hi, great. Um, this could be a tricky one. Um, okay. Uh, my neighbour just had a couple of goats attacked. One didn't survive, and um, he's had a, quite a lot of chooks killed over the last. Um, year or so yeah. um i've i've had one wrapped his mouth around my ankle when i'm on my bike i can't ride my bike um i'll just pull this up. i can't ride my bike off the property i'll just spend 800 bucks upgrading that um and that's a dog yeah is that that's not your dog is it somebody else's dog what's it pardon that's somebody else's dog yeah oh yeah 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 we know who's that i know who's yeah, that yeah. we know who they are yeah, well, I think, I think the the, it's, very, it's very hard to, to do any training to somebody else's dog because um, they, you know, they don't right. listen yeah. to you half the time. To be fair, well, the, the, the only thing you can do is, is to report that to dog control, especially if that dog has, um, has, has eaten sheep and stuff because it's a danger to itself. Yeah, it's a danger to stop. Yeah, and as much as yeah, I would like, obviously, yeah, as much as I don't like dogs to be put down and things like that, if you do report it to the dog control in that area, then what that does is it makes the owner responsible for the behaviour, and the owner has a choice to do something about it. But if you don't, then the owner's just going to let it happen, and it's going to go on and on and get worse and worse. Yeah, we're 
We're going, we're going through a process at the moment. I've got a dog, the local dog ranger mm. has served them with official warning and um, it's up to us to be taking photos when we see them off the property. OK, I'm going to have to leave it there. Sorry, Rob, but, um, yeah, you're doing the right things. Darren, thank you so much. We're catching up with you again, hopefully this weekend, maybe Sunday morning after nine. We'll touch base. Thank you so, so much, Darren Rowe. It's news time, four o'clock here on Magic Talk. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.